For my fa Thanksgiving, my family, we hosted a Chinese exchange student, uh, somebody from Yinchuan where we stayed when we were in China. And we had a great time with this exchange student. Uh, we did all of the traditional you know, Thanksgiving things. We had a huge feast. We went out the day after Thanksgiving, like half of America, and found our Christmas tree at the Christmas tree farm. I think this, this girl was blown away by the fact there were over 1,000 people. We counted the cars. There were 500 cars at the Christmas tree farm that we went to. And so there's way over 1,000 people storming around this farm looking for Christmas trees. She was just flabbergasted by all these crazy people hunting for a tree. What a weird thing to do. Uh, you know, we, we went Black Friday shopping. Um, we did all of the things that we could think of for this girl to let her have the traditional Thanksgiving experience. At the end of the weekend, my wife and I, we sat down together and said, okay, is there anything else that we can do to help her have a good time or to help make this experience more interesting, more meaningful. You know, we reflected on the time that we were in China and the pluses and the minuses and all our failures and everything and, and tried to say, well, is there anything that we could do to help her? Uh, and, and my wife said, my wise wife, she said something like, no, I think at this point it's, it's out of our hands. We've done what we could, uh, but we can't get over the fact that she only st understands a small percentage and, and we can't get over the fact that she... She just doesn't uh, understand the customs. I mean, it's so weird. Who else in the whole world goes hunting with a thousand other people to find a Christmas tree, right? She says, this is just weird. Uh, you know, we can't get over the fact that family structure, she was saying the whole weekend, you guys are so loud and crazy, just crazy. You know, because, of course, I mean, we have a, an American family, 15, 20 people there at a, at a party, and they're lucky if they have, you know, four for a, a holiday so it just, everything is weird. I said, yeah, we probably can't help her anymore. Right? There are lots of situations like that in life, aren't there? Where the amount of help that a person needs is so much greater than the help that you can, can possibly give. You know, and that's what God lets you and I start to look at today. The amount of help that you and I need to deal with sin with our spiritual weaknesses, with the failures that come from our own depravity and our sinful condition, from the death that envelops us in life, all of these things, it's so much greater than the help that you and I can give. Can anyone help us? I was thinking about this especially as we reflect on Christmas. You know, I think Christmas makes many of us face our own failures far more than we half to the rest of the year. You know, every Christmas, you have to think about that family member that you haven't talked to in decades, and you've got that conflict with, and you've got to try to figure out, what are we going to do with Uncle, you know, fill in his name right this Christmas? And you've got the, the reality of split families, broken families, hurting families, so much more prevalent, right? What are you going to do about the family member who passed away and all of the grief that you remember again at Christmas. Christmas is a hard time. It reminds us of all the help we need, and probably the help we need that's so much greater than what you and I can give, and that's what God wants you and I to see 
today. Today we're looking at this story of Jesus riding into the city of Jerusalem, and plainly the people are very excited. They're hooping, they're hollering, right? There's a, there's a big party going on. It's a parade. The irony of the situation is that the people, Jesus, he hasn't really, he hasn't done a great thing for them yet. He's helped them, that's for sure, right? But he hasn't, he hasn't set up a new government yet. He hasn't built an army and conquered their enemies yet. He hasn't defeated all of the other surrounding kingdoms. He hasn't really saved them. He hasn't rescued them in a significant way. And so their parade, their parade is not to say, good job, Jesus, you did it, hooray. Their parade this day at Palm Sunday is a parade to say, help us. We think you're the guy, now help us, now save us. And that's why we look at this story, the entrance of Jesus in Jerusalem, before Christmas. It's kind of a, a weird thing to do, right? But Christmas tells us that God saw the problems of his people and he came to help. And this Bible story, Jesus enters into Jerusalem It tells us that he came to do just that. People asked for help, and God came to help. And you think, if if our problem, if the world had been a classroom, and our problem was that we were uneducated, then God would have sent us a teacher. If the world was a hospital, and our problem was that we were all sick, then God would have sent us a doctor. You know, if the world was a courtroom and our problem was that we needed to have justice and punishment and equity served all around, then God would have sent us a lawyer and a judge. You know, if, if the problem was an environment that was collapsing, then God would have sent a biologist. But he, he didn't. Or perhaps better to say, the person he sent, and we can see it in the story, is better than all of those things. He sent not just a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor or a judge. He sent a savior in every sense. That's what this story wants you and I to be able to see. Is if we ask for help with the biggest problems of our lives, then God sends somebody who is far bigger than anything you and I can see. You look at this lesson, it says, glory to God, or it says, uh, Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus is not just supposed to be an average kind of Savior. He's supposed to be the highest kind of Savior, you know, the best kind of Savior, the one who is better than all of the rest. I was thinking about that just this week with my family, and maybe you were a little bit too, because we were talking about medical problems in life you know, and who you go to get medical help. Most of the time, when you need help, you go to somebody like a certified nursing assistant. Or if you've got a really hard problem, you go to a licensed practical nurse, right? Because what do you have? You've got a bump or a bruise, and you need your stitches sewn up. You need somebody to give you some medicine, some aspirin, maybe a a specific uh, amoxicillin or something like that. 
You know, and then every now and then in life, right, you go to somebody who can help you with more complicated and, and advanced problems. You go to a, a, an advanced registered practitioner, nurse, or something like that who can really help you. And then as you get more complex problems, you go and start to see the med student and then the intern. And then after that, you know, you're going to see your practicing doctor and your fellow. But every now and then, right, you need a really, really skilled doctor to help you with your problems, don't you? You need a, a medical director. You need a clinical practitioner who's a practicing doctor. You need the very best doctor to work on your heart or something very elite and specific like that. You know, I think if we've got people to help us with that whole chain of events, where does Jesus fit on that chain? And, and he says, I'm the best one of all of these things. I'm the one person who fits at the top of the chain, and I fix the highest kind of problems in your life and in mine. You know, friends, if, if you and I are here today, and we are really aware of the sin that has destroyed our lives, and if we're aware of the destruction that death and grief have caused us, if we're plagued by guilt, then sinners, right, you and I, we've come to the right place today. Because we've got a Savior here who says, I don't care what your problem is. You can ask me in the highest heavens, and I will come and save. This is a guy who can save in every way. He doesn't just save us in the, the little ways, the bumps and the bruises of our lives. This is a guy who can save and reorient life. And if you and I have come here as, as sinners today and we can say, man, I have real serious problems that I cannot solve, that my neighbors cannot solve, that my boss cannot solve, and it's all driving me crazy, then this is the Savior for you and I today. There's an old illustration that gets used sometimes, and it's, it's pretty close to just talk about how great this Savior actually is. And it comes from the story of Galveston, Texas, at the end of the Civil War. There's a story told that, that supposedly down in Galveston, Texas, there was an island where people were being held in slavery for a couple years still after the Civil War, and they just never knew that they were emancipated, they were set free, and that's why they were still living as slaves. It was 1865, emancipation had taken place a couple of years ago, and supposedly then the general came to town to tell them, hey, you know, you're no longer slaves. The thing is, is the story is only half correct because in big part, the reason that they were still slaves is because their slave owners and their masters would not obey the emancipation order and actually set them free. And so the major general marched into town and he forcibly made the proclamation take effect. Major General Gordon Granger went to the slave masters and he said, you must obey this order, and he put it into effect. And, you know, your friends, then what we start to see, here's the point of the illustration, right? Jesus is not just a kind of a Savior who deals with your and my little problems and solves them every day. Jesus is not handing out Band-Aids. 
He's not handing out $10 bills so you can get a burger. That doesn't mean he doesn't notice them or pay attention to them. Jesus is the kind of Savior who is reorienting our world in a whole new way. He's taking slaves who were held in captivity and maybe sometimes didn't know that they were free and at other times have not been set free by their masters. And he is forcibly coming with his army to both proclaim and enforce a declaration that you and I are really free. He's making for us that whole new world. And have you and I, have we really discovered, do we love and live in that new world where we are set free? Because that's the kind of Savior He wants to be. And that's why we should ask Him to come and help us. I realize what I'm asking you to do with this declaration, this saying, come and help asking God to come and help. You know, it's kind of like, well, it's kind of like this moment when we were eating our Thanksgiving dinner with the the Chinese student. We were having Thanksgiving dinner, and I looked down the table, and at the other side of the table, she was sitting there with her plate right up to her chin, and she was taking her fork, and she was shoveling the turkey into her mouth. Now, if you're a normal American, you would have said, what the heck is, who shovels turkey, right? Anybody shovel turkey? (laughs) No, of course not, right? But I I knew, I looked down the table and I see her shoveling turkey and I know right away what's going on. Uh, In China, when you eat food, especially off of a, a, a bowl, you do shovel the food. It's very rude to let your food spill all over the place. Um, and so most of the time, if you have some kind of either, you know, rice or beans or, or noodles, something that will be um, kind of crumbly and fall all over the place, you pick your bowl up and you put it right next to your mouth and you shovel it. Right. Now, did I tell her at the middle of Thanksgiving dinner then that she was eating her turkey the wrong way and she didn't have to shovel it? No, uh, you know, of course not. Uh, But, is it a problem, at least in some small way in American culture, to shovel your turkey? Absolutely. Everybody will think that you're kind of, you know, right? A little little weird, a little out there. I realize that when I tell you to say, come and help, I'm asking you to be like my Chinese exchange student at that table and to say, everything that I'm doing in my life is wrong, and I need to confess not only my sin, but even the good things that I'm doing, because this is what I've learned from my my life, from my culture, from the people around me, and I need a Savior to come and help me. I need somebody who's sitting at that table who will tell me, you're doing it all wrong, this is the right way. Right? Do you understand? I, I get that. I get that I'm telling you that your, you need, and I need to admit, our whole lives are all wrong. And when we need to say, Hosanna, come and save us, come and help us, because we're all messed up and we're living the wrong way. And I know that that's hard for a lot of people. There's a, somebody in my life that I work with 
quite regularly. You know, she talks about all of these things that are kind of wrong or bad or unhelpful in her life. And what does she say about them? Oh, it is what it is. And you can't do anything about it. You just deal with it. She doesn't want to ask for help. She doesn't want to admit that there's problems. She doesn't want to say, God, come and help. And friends, today, Jesus comes along as that great and high Savior, the highest Savior in the whole world, the one in the highest heavens, and he says, ask me for help. Say, come and help, because I want to help you live not only in a whole new way, I want to help you live a new life. I am that Savior in the highest heavens who can undo sin and death and the devil in the very best way, so you and I can really live. And if you find it hard to say, come and help, like I know I do, well, then you're in good company with all the rest of us. But let's learn to say, come and help. Because we have a Savior who is in the highest way. Let's pray for that Savior today to come and help us. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would come and help us this Christmas. Help us with all of the problems in our lives that we cannot fix and even the ones that we think we can fix because we don't even know the right way. Make us open, help us undo our blindness to our faults and our sins and our failures and our weaknesses, confess the death that is among us, and take away all of our sin. We pray this in Jesus' name today. Amen.